successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to Grill Nation. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on Talk 980 AM here in Kansas City and on Talk980AM.com. On the web, I also appreciate you tuning in today on GrillNationShow.com and on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. I appreciate those who listen to the podcast and share it every week. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at GrillNationShow. Really hope you've been enjoying your summer. We've had some great guests in the last few weeks. Uh, I've been scheduling others for the month, uh, months upcoming that are going to be a lot of national guests, a lot of local guests, a lot of people talking and people that are making a difference in their communities. Really fascinating stuff, so I'm very excited about that. I want to thank our sponsors and partners of Grill Nation, Kretcher Hartland, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Kenny Hertz Perry Law Firm, Catalyst Government Affairs, not the Catalyst from True Detective, the Catalyst Government Affairs from Kansas City, The Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, Jay Rieger & Co. We had uh, them on the show last week. They were great. Kansas City Power and Light District and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink, who is a, a good friend and a supporter of Grill Nation. We'll need to get him on the show soon. want to thank all those partners and supporters. You can check out all of our partners and supporters at grillnationshow.com, as well as all of our old shows, podcasts, photos of our guests, all the information you need to connect with the radio show. On today's show, we are going to start off with... Um, We've got a great group of guests. We have Ryan Noonan, who's coming in, who is the Director of Corporate Communications at AMC Theaters. Lucky to have AMC headquartered here in Kansas City. And I don't know if, if you've never been to their office down there um, in Park Place. It's amazing. And, you know, I'm a big movie buff, and they got some really exciting things going on right now with Dine-In Theater News, uh, Laser Projector, Dolby Sound. We're going to get into all that stuff, get into the movies, and also talk to Ryan about his background. Uh, he's a graduate of St. Louis University, where I actually went to college uh, and also a fraternity guy, and, and uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about with Ryan. So that'll be in our first segment. Hopefully we'll keep him in studio for our second segment today as well. In our third segment, we will have Daniel Edwards, who is a really, really cool Kansas City entrepreneur. He is uh, very passionate about jazz. He's going to come on today and talk to us about what he's doing in the 18th and Vine District with the Jazz Legacy Project. He also is one of the people who have bought the abandoned castle on 20th and Vine. I know you've probably read about that. Very cool, a castle in the middle of downtown. Uh, they have all kinds of events there. His goal is with the Jazz Legacy Project is to uh, build a bunch of high-end recording spaces in the 18th and Vine District. And uh, he recently just went on a tour of the world to nine different countries um, talking about Kansas City Jazz. So if you don't know about Kansas City Jazz and you're interested uh, in what he's doing down there, it's going to be a great segment. That'll be our third segment today. In our final segment... We will have the gentleman from Casey Digital Drive. Uh, they got a huge event coming up here in Kansas City uh, down the road here very shortly in August uh, with a bunch of high-level tech speakers uh, and entrepreneurs as well. So that'll be our fourth segment today. 
and uh, we will have them on later in the show. Appreciate y'all for listening today, and uh, appreciate y'all for following me on social media and following Grill Nation Show. So let's get started here. Our first guest is in studio, Ryan Noonan from AMC Theaters. He is uh, comes bearing gifts. He's the director of corporate communications at AMC. Welcome to the show, Ryan. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Good to have you on. Um, first off, thanks for the uh, thanks for the gifts here. I, I try not to come on without a, a gift. You know, even my friends at this point have. You know, I show up, uh, show up at their house, and they hold their hand out, say, "All right, where are my passes?" That's that's why, I'm which ex- is fine. I'm, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm excited about it. I'm a big movie guy, and uh, excited to use those. So let's talk, man. So you went to SLU, huh? I did. Look I, at I'm you. A, I I, we I were, was. I am a Billiken. You are. That's awesome. We we get a lot of KU people in here, so it's nice to have a good old SLU person. We all know that uh, SLU was a great college and uh, university. It was. It was. It was. A, we had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. So you were a. Uh, you were there almost, you're a year younger than me, it looks like, or graduated a year after me. I was there from 97 to 2001. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, I was a, um, economics major. So, you know, you were communications. I, I was guess. communications. We would not have crossed paths. Sigma, Sigma Phi Epsilon, Sid McKay. Uh, you worked for the newspaper. I didn't, that's pretty cool. I did. I did. I, uh, I once wrote an article about how boring soccer was. Um, and I went <laughs> by a fraternity. Fraternity guy was a backup goalie on the soccer team, and uh, I told him about it beforehand. I said, "Hey, I'm going to write this. What do you, do you think anybody would care?" And he just kind of looked at me and said, "No, no, no one's gonna, no one really reads the newspaper." Um, and so I wrote it, and you know, I got home from class that day, and I had a message on the machine, and it was from him. He said, "Hey, you need to call me right away." And I, so I called him. I was like, "What's up, man?" And he goes, "Uh, yeah, I was wrong. Everybody's talking about it, and they are really mad at you." Yeah. They're really mad at well, you. Well, it slews a soccer school. They're a soccer school. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the time, uh, naively, uh, I, I, you know, soccer was was boring to me. I didn't enjoy it. Um, and so I was just trying to be a little provocative and uh, start some conversations, and I did. And I had to hide from the soccer team for a while. It was, really? It was a and, scary. And they, uh, they, were, uh, they were pretty big men on campus. It was, you know, just like a football team there. They were. They will. Soccer was the only, you know, the baseball team wasn't very good at the time, and the basketball team wasn't great at the time. So it was soccer and everybody else. And, yeah. Uh, you just I, missed the good year, which is my freshman year. And basketball was awesome that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry but Hughes was there. Then. Larry Hughes was right before me. Yeah. So, but yeah. So soccer for those people that know it, SLU, it's very famous. And also, we were the first uh, football used to be famous there. We invented the forward pass. We did. We did. I yeah. like telling people that. In fact, now you know, we don't have a team. We don't have a team now. <laughs> the basketball team wasn't great last year, but I'm hoping that uh, this year they'll get better. Next year they'll get better. I I like going places when when I tell people I went to St. Louis University. You know, I find that the better the basketball team is, the fewer people go, oh, yeah, where's that? Yeah. You know? Or, and, yeah, what, what what do you guys do there? What, yeah. What's a billiken? Is that like University of Phoenix? I'm like, well, no. It's, you know, it's <laughs> no, a, no, it costs a lot more. It does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was not cheap uh, to go to. So you were there. And so you were the guy like me that would walk into campus. And so did you go to Rockhurst? Where, where I yeah, was a Pius yeah. guy. You were Aquinas guy. So No, I was an Aquinas guy. So there were, I think, four from my graduating class. Um, and I think the other three were all girls. So I was the only guy from Aquinas going to, to SLU that year. So when I tell people I'm from Kansas City, they go, oh, yeah, you're one of those Rockers guys. I'm like, well, no, I went to Aquinas. And then they'd pretty much stop talking to me and they'd move on because, be like, you know, there's that Jesuit connection that I didn't have, which is fine. Yeah. Where did you go to high school? That's the that's, that's the, it. That's the thing. question. Yeah. Um, but now you're in Kansas City. So you've been with uh, AMC for a while now, huh? About five years. Five yeah. years. So you've kind of uh, you've worked in PR there, obviously, in corporate communications. Now. Corporate communications. I started guest in there. Uh, started off. I, I was their first social media guest service guy. So when people would complain on Twitter or Facebook, I was kind of brought in to to be the one to develop the program on on how to respond back in the wild west days of social media <laughs> when companies were still figuring out how best to use it. Um, but I transitioned from that into 
corporate communications. And um, I mean, it's a lot more fun to talk about the product than it is to respond to people who aren't happy with the product. That's so, right. Uh, so I'm really enjoying it. So you were uh, you were there when they were downtown, and now you're over in Park. I was, yeah. So you've seen kind of both offices. I've, I've seen them both. Um, you know, I, I like downtown. It's fine. I know there are a lot of people, probably a lot of people who listen to your show who love downtown, who maybe weren't uh, thrilled with uh, how all that unfolded. But I'll tell you what, the, the office that we were able to build – um, the connections we're able to make, you know, downtown, it was a, it was a cube farm. Uh, yeah. you come into our office now, there are no cubes. I mean, it's just, I can I, see from gotta, one end of the floor to the other. It's amazing. It's pretty amazing. If you guys haven't been out there, uh, a good friend of mine, Kevin Connor is a general counsel, uh, an attorney yeah. at, oh, at, at okay. AMC and he took me on a tour. It was, it was awesome. I mean, I, it's so state of the art and it's truly almost like a movie set out there, but, uh, it is. Well, we got AMC. the big screens and we got yeah. the, you know, we got some, a test kitchen for the, for the dining theaters, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. We've got, uh, you know, we've got a, a test, almost a test lab for some of our sight and sound stuff. So we were able to accommodate a bunch of needs that we really needed that we didn't have at the old building. We're talking to Ryan Noonan, director of corporate communications at AMC theaters here in Kansas city. We'll be right back on grill nation with more with Ryan Noonan. Thanks for listening. Running down the street, like your hair's on fire. Like a man on the wire Can't stop laughing but I don't know why I don't know why Nobody knows why Shouldn't wait Yeah yeah, I'm out that Brooklyn. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the narrow. But I'll be hood forever. I'm the new Sinatra. And since I made it here, I can make it. Welcome back to Grill Nation. Jason Grill here. Uh, thanks for joining us today on 980 AM and on talk980am.com, as well as on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, GrillNationShow.com, talk980.com, am.com. We're all over the place here on Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Ryan Newton, who is uh, the director of corporate communications at AMC Theaters. We just uh, had a great first segment. We also did some um, research over the break that my fraternity I was in is now off campus at SLU. It's sad. <laughs> yeah, no, it's sad. The Sigma Chi's, they had the house on campus. Yeah, so we did. That's, that's what they were known for. We are now uh, uh, unrecognized. It's no longer there, there. There is a SLU website that has unrecognized organizations, and Sigma Chi is one of them, along with five other fraternities and only one sorority, which... Actually, the girl I dated in college the last semester uh, was in that sorority. So I would like to say that SIGEPs are not on that list. So the they are not on are that still list. Alive you, guys, you guys were always the uh, at, uh, the very you know Bible by the book. Guys. We were the nerds. No, that's fine. <laughs> we were the uh, we were the geeks. So anyway, so we're uh, we're having fun here on Girl Nation. We're going to get into AMC theaters now. So tell me about this uh, this dine in theater concept you guys have now. It's it's not like your normal uh, you know experience these days. It's not. Well, you know, there's Dinner and a movie. I mean, dinner and a movie's just an iconic American phrase, right? Yeah. Everybody knows dinner and a movie. Um, about, oh gosh, it's almost been six or seven years ago, we decided why not try putting them together at once? Uh, right. Go to the movie theater, have dinner, have the movie. It's been very successful. Uh, actually, uh, AMC Studio 30 in Olathe was really our first, it wasn't the first one technically we opened, but it was our, the first one we really poured the concept into. Um, and it's been a great site for us in terms of feedback, in terms of people getting out and telling us what they like and what they don't like and what's worked here. And we've tweaked it uh, in, in further iterations of the concept. I think we're up to 18 locations now nationwide. Where mm-hmm. We have a, a dinner and a movie, uh, AMC Dining Theaters. Um, and so recently we kind of took the last six years of research that we had, um, took a lot of the guest feedback, really took a solid look at our menu. We partnered with, uh, I think it's the Culinary Edge. Um, 
who helps develop restaurant menus. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talk to some experts. We use our expertise. What we do is we really refine the menu. Uh, we decided to focus on things that people really liked, focus on things that, uh, you know, we felt we did really well um, and narrow it down to, you know, it's not quite as the menu isn't quite as extensive as it used to be, but now you, it's tough to pick anything on there that someone isn't going to enjoy. That's so it's, awesome. You know, you got things like um, a grilled chicken quinoa bowl. Yeah, I was just going to ask you, like, what, what can I order there? Um, crispy Brussels sprouts. You can, you can do the Royal Burger, which has brie, arugula, sweet fig jam. Um, you can upgrade that to a bison burger. You know, we've got lettuce cups. One of the things that, that we've found over the last, you know, six, seven years is that we're not really a movie theater that just serves food, and we're not a restaurant that just, that just shows movies. It's a very unique combination of both. And one of the things that's important is to develop food that you can eat and share in the dark. Uh, now, when you go to the movies with – your kids or with a date that's or the first with your time friends. i've ever heard that line right i like that what's that <laughs> find what find food that you can share in the dark yeah you want to be able to dine in the dark um so you know instead of giving you a wedge salad on a plate that you've got to eat with a fork now we've got little lettuce cups uh, that basically serve as that wedge salad so you've got four lettuce cups in front of you if you want to eat one if your your friend wants to have one um it's much more easy to share that way so the whole menu was developed with the idea of dining in the dark being being able to share food in the dark um, you know, the, the sweets we have, you know, it's not a big cumbersome Sunday that you might drip on yourself. Now you're talking about this incredible milkshake. Um, you know, you can get the, the salted caramel milkshake and you might get a Twix bar in there. Um, really? You've got donut holes with, with caramel dipping sauce. So, so a lot of these very sweet flavors, uh, some great appetizers, some great entrees. It's proven to be, you know, it's still early. We've only been doing it at Studio 30 for about two months now and the feedback has been phenomenal. So, so when I get to the movie theater, how does this work? So when I'm trying to get food, do I do I order it before I go in there? So yeah, no, you 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 go you get your ticket. You know, we have we have the Cinema Suites concept at Studio 30 which has the recliners. We have the fork and screen which does very comfortable seating, but they're not recliners. Either way, if you're going to the dine-in theater, you get your ticket, you go into the theater, you're going to walk past the McGuffin's bar, so if you want to stop and get We'll get into that in a second. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you walk past the bar, you sit down. You've got the menu right in front of you. We have servers walking around. We we typically recommend that people show up 15, 20 minutes before the movie starts. Okay. Um, it's all reserved seating, so you can book your ticket online, so you don't have to worry about showing up too early. Uh, but you show up. You sit down. You look through the menu. We'll have servers walking around before the, the movie to take your drink order. You can still order a beer or a cocktail sitting there in your seat. Um, but you order your food. They bring it out. You know, if you show up 20 minutes before the movie starts, that food's going to show up just as the previews are starting. You can eat. Once the movie starts, once that showtime hits, we're no longer walking around the theater asking if you need anything else. You know, that's you're there to watch a movie, of course. Yeah. You know, everything in the theater is designed to make sure that your focus stays up on the screen where it should be. Um, but we do have a system where you can, you've got a little red button in front of you. You can hit that. No one else is going to see it. It's not going to distract from the movie-going experience, but it alerts our servers in the back that, you need a refill on your drink or you want another beer or you want dessert or you want something else to eat. So we can come out discreetly, get your order, get it back to you, um, you know, anywhere from an hour to 45 minutes before the movie ends, that check will show up in front of you. You can pay during the movie if you want to. If you want to make sure you're focused on the movie, you can wait till you're done and pay then. Uh, but, but really it ends up being this phenomenal movie-going experience that, you know, whether you want to sit there and eat your meal while you watch a movie or whether you're time compressed. You know, for me, I've got 
a couple little kids at home and I don't want to spend four hours on a babysitter. So instead of doing dinner and then a movie, my wife and I can go to dinner and a movie at the same time. That's smart. Uh, Ryan Noonan, we're talking to him. He's from AMC Theaters, Director of Corporate Communications. So McGuffin's Bar I also like because, um, you know, there was a time where you couldn't have a beer in a movie, I feel like. You know, we're about the same age. Yeah. Obviously, when that happened, I remember that. I mean, I remember when you could take wine or um, drink a beer. But McGuffin's is great because I'm from the Northland. I grew up in the Northland. So I, my dad always wants to see movies or I'll go to AMC uh, Barry Woods Barry sometimes. Woods, sure. Uh, and you have that McGuffin's Bar, and you can get a Guinness or a, you know, you have, you have summer brews now, which is nice. I know you had the summer shandy the yeah. other day. I went and saw Ant-Man. Uh, but anyway, was that good? I did like it. Yeah, I saw, that's I've, fun, I've, isn't I've, it? The last two movies I've seen have been in 3D. I hadn't seen a 3D movie okay. for since Avatar. I saw uh, Jurassic World in 3D. Yeah. Uh, I also saw Ant-Man in 3D. Okay. Yeah, the um, Jurassic World in 3D was crazy. I, I can't, was... I can't, I can't actually... Think about seeing those movies not in 3D. Now. Right, it's if weird, the option it? is there to see it in any level of 3D, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. I, so, uh, anyways, I was impressed by it, man. I mean, I didn't have any expectation going. In. I knew nothing about the story, uh, but it was pretty entertaining. It I was mean, a good family. It was a. It, I don't know one age group that would like that movie. It's one of those movies when I first heard about the concept. I wasn't a huge comic book kid, me either. Um, me but either. I heard about the concept and I went, oh, "That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense to me." But at that point, Marvel had. Had, had enough credibility that I thought, well, like, you know, Marvel's doing it. They'll make it work right. And as soon as you put Paul Rudd in anything, I'm probably going to like it. So, uh, yeah. so that was, that was fun. It was reminding me of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> a little bit more grown up version of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That was, yeah, that was, that was a good time. That was a good one. Yeah. And I did some research on it. I guess like they had thought to make this back then, but then they, somebody made Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and they're like, let's hold off. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I know my girlfriend gets mad about this, but I, I go to the, uh, production stuff after a movie okay i'm getting into it yeah. like i go no, to wikipedia page and be like oh wow they made that in uh in not in louisiana in this state or yeah they they this move like jurassic world had been in production or they'd been scripts for like you know 10 no, years i go on the little imdb and go to the trivia section and I, I sit there and i go oh hey babe did you know that this and this and i know she's sitting there going i don't, I don't care, care. Why, I, I, I saw the movie that wasn't that enough see so. and i've i've been on movie sets so i kind of geeked up about how this happens people don't realize how much work is and do oh every gosh. every one minute every scene every second has been scrutinized i mean every word that someone so says much. on screen has been scrutinized it's crazy so one of the things you guys also have besides the dining theater is this laser projector Tell yes us about that what is that yes well let me go back to the mcguffins bar because oh, yeah, i got you off track talking yeah. about ant-man um but yeah the mcguffins bar incredibly popular and that's something that you know, again, again, that was seven or eight years ago. Every once in a while, you could go around and find a specialty theater that would serve beer, serve, right. you know, get a glass of wine. There were very few Smaller full bar theaters, theaters yeah. but uh, full bar theaters. Um, but it's one of those things we tried in a few locations. We had, we had acquired, I think, a couple locations that served alcohol, beer, and wine. And, and the concept just kind of exploded. I mean, we got some folks who know the restaurant business into our, on our team. We got some folks that know the alcohol business on our team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, become this huge phenomenon where, you know, we've got, I think, bars in more than 100. I know we have more than 100 locations. We may be up to 120. You're almost, you're getting close to half of our circuit at this point. Um, and it's it's awesome in terms of, you know, you can go get a beer, a glass of wine, a cocktail, um, take it in the movie theater with you. We've got very strict restrictions on on who gets served and, sure. and how you get served. If my dad, who's 66 shows up he's going to be uh denied if he doesn't have his driver's license so so the mcguffins they bars, did check my id they, they did, did check they, my ID. They, they need to check everybody's id yes um but no that the bars are very popular and if you want to grab one and go into 
Adobe Cinema at AMC Prime, like we have at AMC Barry Woods. Have you tried that yet? I have, have you been not, to the Prime? No, oh, no. you got to go try Prime. It's, so, 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 what is that? So, we've partnered with Dolby um, and Dolby Cinema to create this new premium experience. Um, you know, premium experience would be like like IMAX. I mean, IMAX is, is is it's incredible. It's its own brand, and we have more IMAX locations than anywhere else in the United States. Um, this is AMC. This is Dolby Cinema at AMC Prime, where you can go in. It just immediately looks cool. I mean, it has a different feel to it than any other auditorium in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Dolby Cinema at AMC Prime, one of the benefits is it has a laser projector. So you've already got that incredible Dolby sound. I mean, that's what they're known for. Dolby's worldwide renowned for, for their sound. Um, well, now they're getting into the sight game. Um, they've got a laser projector. Seeing the demonstration, uh, when we talk about a laser projector, we talk about light levels and true whites and, and true blacks on screen. Um, you know, you, they do a little test where they stand in front of it and you can sort of see a reflect, you sort of see a shadow. You, they put the black on. It's amazing. I it's mean, amazing. Laser technology. So what, where is, is that one at? The prime. So a Dolby cinema and AMC prime, you're going to have it at AMC Barry Woods and then you're going to have it at AMC town center. AMC uh, Barry so Woods you got it in, you got up in the Northland, you got it in Leewood. Very um, cool. I would highly encourage anyone who wants to see big blockbuster. Go try that out. Ryan Noonan, Director of Corporate Communications at AMC Theaters. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation, man. Thanks. Anytime. Talk to you again sometime. Appreciate it. Go Billikens. Yeah, go Billikens. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. First things first, I'm the realest. Realest. Drop this and let the whole world feel it. Let them feel it. And I'm still in the murder business. I can hold you down like I'm giving lessons in physics. Right, right. Well, you can tell everybody. Yeah, you can tell everybody. Go ahead and tell everybody. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Yes, I am, yes, I am, yes, I am. I'm Welcome back to Grill Nation here on 980 AM and talk980am.com. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you're enjoying the show. You can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Love hearing from you on Twitter. I want to ri- briefly thank our partners and supporters again of Grill Nation. Kretcher Harland, uh, Bank of Kansas City, The Bash Group, Kenny Hertz Perry, Catalyst, the Rieger Hotel Grill and Exchange, and Jay Rieger & Co. Whiskey, Kansas City Power and Light District, and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Thank you for supporting and partnering with Grill Nation. We look forward to continuing to grow our sponsorships and partners and look forward to having more and more of our uh, our sponsors on the show here in the near future. Our next segment, we are going to have a very interesting segment. It's hopefully going to really entertain you guys. We have Daniel Edwards in studio uh, Daniel has been doing a lot of really cool stuff with the uh, the jazz movement here in Kansas City. He's working on a project that's that he's calling Jazz LP, the Jazz Legacy Project. He also has uh, um, he has bought an abandoned castle on the 18th and Vine area. You might have read about it in the Kansas City Star. So there's a lot of talk about. So let's get started here. Daniel Edwards, welcome to Grill Nation. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. So you're an entrepreneur. You're a big picture entrepreneur. Yes, big picture is kind of where I. Uh I flow the best, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah, so tell us about yourself. So are you from Kansas City or you know, what, what's yeah. your background? So I actually grew up in Kansas City. I grew up on the, the east side of Kansas City, um, close to really 30, 39th and Prospect. So okay. where all the jokes lie and all the, the, <laughs> the crime and everything else, uh, I was blessed to be born there in that community. Mm-hmm. And so um, I went away, went off to college, got a degree in uh, architecture engineering and came back home and and I uh, realized that there was just a lot more that I can contribute than being behind a desk. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started my career off doing my, my dream job of what I thought to be of designing buildings and 
making buildings work. That that is interesting. I've always yeah. thought if I had the mind like yours, I think that'd be interesting to do that. Yeah, build, I mean, build like baseball stadiums or cool architectural type it, stuff. It is very interesting. Um, but you can teach anybody how to do that. Okay. And so one of the things that I realized that you can't teach is how to love people and how to love you know communities and the places that you're at without you know being behind a desk or being in that situation. So I think that's what what drove me away from the desk from the from the uh working for someone else now yeah now you're an entrepreneur yeah there's a out there there's a if i'm gonna be stressed out you know i'd rather be stressed out on my own terms as opposed to being stressed out on (laughs) someone else's terms so Mm -hmm. and a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with that you know i mean i've tried to my personal life i've kind of kind of walked the fine line of doing some entrepreneurial stuff some more stable stuff but yeah it's it's a fine line but you uh You've done a good job of that. So you're you're currently working with the Mutual Musicians Foundation. What is that? Well, actually, um, I, I'm not with the Mutual Musicians Foundation right now at the moment. I'm actually moving um, to just focusing on the Jazz LP okay. project. So my wife and I, we've kind of uh, branched off to focus specifically on um, creating this larger big picture because we know it's just a, such a large project. Yeah, and, and so... What is the real goal? Is the goal to create more of a performance district in 18th and Vine? So the goal is to create um, jazz is the hook. Um, right. Mutual Musicians Foundation is one of the oldest jazz organizations in the world established. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kansas City is one of the what they call the second pillars of jazz. And so jazz was born in New Orleans. It came to Kansas City um, and served as the, the western hub for all of America pretty much for mm-hmm. all the artists that wanted to, to play or travel and then it went to Chicago, went to New York, and then went overseas. Um, so we were the second stop, the second major stop for, for jazz artists. Um, and so we're just trying to build off that legacy with the Jazz Legacy Project of uh, people that really, in my mind, are, are major entrepreneurs that came up with an, a product that was boxed in into classical and boxed into, you know, very structured and very, uh, you know, you have notes, you have scales, and they just got rid of all the scales, they got rid of all the structures, um, and they just played, you know. They mm-hmm. they created what they wanted to hear and that sound that they wanted to hear to push that out across the world. So you guys are really trying to kind of, because, you know, Kansas City, one of the things that, you know, people always, not stereotype us, but talk about us about is barbecue and then jazz, but yeah. I feel like, Maybe it's just me. I, I don't know enough about jazz. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like maybe this is really good that you're doing this, that uh, enough people in Kansas City really know kind of what we have, right. what we could build upon. Uh, well, you know, one of the things that it, it my wife and I, we just went out across the world. To, yeah, you told me that. Yeah. You, were at a, you, were, uh, you were on a tour, right? Well, or, yeah, we, we went to nine different countries or eight different countries to, to see how the world feels about jazz. And the world is in love with jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to know that jazz really got its foundation here in Kansas City and for Kansas Cityans not to know about jazz is like, what are we doing? What happened? Where right. was that? Where was that breakdown at? And so even from the, the entrepreneurial perspective, like uh, you see a problem and there's a gap. And so we're trying to fill that gap right now. OK, so tell us more about it. So, um, you know, I didn't know idea that we had the oldest jazz house in the world. Yeah. So we I have mean, that that just shocked me when I read that. It's crazy. So uh though jazz was started in New Orleans, um, and it was uh it it grew up here in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And so we were the first uh city to actually establish a formal jazz entity um around musicians and around supporting the musicians and the art form. Uh and so in twenty seventeen we'll hit a hundred years of jazz here in Kansas City. 
So, um, yeah, it's it's insane just to know that that history is, you know, within 20 miles of here, you know, or, or, or 10 miles or two miles, depending on where you're at, two blocks. So, right. So what what what? So tell us about um, the project. I mean, what are your goals? How can people help out? Like, what, what are we doing here looking forward to 2017, I guess, with that 100 year anniversary, yeah. huh? So we're in the process of actually trying to acquire uh, some very key properties, the uh, public works buildings that are located across the street from the castle, um, to try to turn those into the jazz recording capital of the world. And so uh, on this trip, we found out how how important not just the actual building of the structure is, but the programming that surrounds this whole project. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot to do with the education of jazz here in Kansas City, the collaboration of jazz artists, of jazz venues here in Kansas City. Um, our goal is to become a, a state-of-the-art recording facility. If we do that right, we should not compete. We should only uh, benefit other people's projects or other people's you know, jazz venues. Artists should come here globally to record here in Kansas City. They're going to need spaces to play at while they're here. Um so recording, recording, recording is what we're looking to do. Um, we're actually looking to have a, uh, s- several, you know, anywhere between four to eight state-of-the-art recording facilities um, that could fit anywhere between one person to the entire symphony. And then we're looking to build a performing arts venue on the back of those structures as well that will seat up to a 1,000 people mm. um, for recording, live recording. Jazz recording. Yeah. Um, what uh. What what do people think of jazz when you're traveling? I mean, nowadays because it's kind of I mean you have your diehard fans yeah. obviously, but you don't you don't hear it as much maybe. So that's well, kind of my question is is what is what is the thought of it? So jazz is thought of of as really the the foundation of what American music is. Mm-hmm. Um, jazz is kind of one of the first American art forms that we created here. Um, country is one of the the bigger ones as well. Um, American-made music, but you can trace the roots of of pretty much every art form that's here today back to jazz. So when we were out across the world, people people knew about Kansas City. They knew about what was created here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we told them what we were doing, they were so excited to hear that somebody is still caring about jazz. That is from a you know I guess from a younger generation to right. to help push this forward. Um, jazz is a very uh, it it has changed from a very like interactive, involving, engaging, you know, dancing type uh, art form to you know more of a an elitist art form, and that's kind of one of the a lot of the feedback that we got. Where now, when you hear jazz, you have to be sitting down, you have to listen, and so what we are, or you have to sit down and or sit down and get a cocktail or or anything like that. Um, but what we're trying to do is revive it back to where a younger generation can get involved and see what was created out of that. Um, that framework mm-hmm. jazz to me is a framework. Um, Interesting. Uh, Daniel Edwards, who is the, who is leading this project called jazz LP or the jazz legacy project the goal to create a jazz recording and performance district in the 18th and vine district uh, on grill nation here. Uh, talk to me about this castle that you yeah. purchased. What, what's the, so, I mean, it's, I didn't know there was a castle over there, but now I drive by, I've seen it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So we've actually, uh, the castle was a project that my wife and I, she was in my fiance. Um, and we basically were trying to figure out a place that we could get married and reinvest our wedding venue budget back somewhere into the community so we could see it being cleaned up as opposed to just blowing it away on a wedding venue. 
Um, and so we actually stopped and landed at the castle. There's a, an abandoned castle built as a third city prison in 1897. Um, and it's been abandoned since 1972. Um, when we came on board, we had actually found out that it, it's owned by, it was owned by a local nonprofit here in town. Um, and I basically started working with that nonprofit that still, still owns it at this point, point in time. And we've been working to collaborate to, um, create, a space where it can really bridge all cultures and all people and all, all everything. It's I mean, it's a cool thing too. Yeah. It's in downtown or I mean, around downtown. There's a castle. We've had not, not only jazz, we've had rock concerts. We've had metal concerts there. We've had, um, album release parties. We've had, uh, weddings there. We've had anything you could possibly imagine has been there. Cookouts. Uh, it's just a space for people to come together and, and really collaborate. And that's at the 18th and Vine area? Yeah, that's at 20th and Vine. Okay. Yep, 20th and Vine. Very Street. cool. Daniel Edwards, how do we connect uh, with the project or find out more information about Kansas City Jazz? You can find everything that you need to know. Um, all of our twi- Twitter handles, social media handles is at KC Jazz Legacy. KC Jazz Legacy. Yep, KC Jazz Legacy. All social media handles are KC Jazz Legacy. I I urge you to check those out. Uh, Daniel Edwards, uh, congrats on what you're doing, man. I'm glad that you're back here in Kansas City. I'm glad that your uh, your tour around the world yeah. went well, man. And uh, keep We're it up. Home. Keep up the entrepreneurialism and uh, keep kicking butt here, man. I'm, right. I'm, I'm happy for you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be right back on Grill Nation. I turn the music up. I got my records on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Maybe the streets. We could fly. Welcome back to Grill Nation. Jason Grill here. Hope you enjoy, enjoyed the show today. Connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. It's been a fun show today. We're going to finish off today with three guests in studio. We have Jason Harper, Iliad Tabak, and Aaron Deacon from KC Digital Drive. Iliad from CEO of Edge Up Sports as well. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. We got a lot of stuff to con- discuss here pretty quickly, don't we? Yes, we do. Thanks a lot, Jason. Yeah, Appreciate you having us. Great on. to have you. We have uh, two former uh, entrepreneur KC guests, and Jason is new to the Grill Nation show. So it's good to have you here, man. We can add. Thanks we can so add. Much, we can add it to the list here. Thank great you, to be a part of Grill Nation. Yes, thank you. Um, let's get going here. We have um, first off. What is KC Digital Drive? Let's get an overview elevator pitch here from Aaron. Sure. So KC Digital Drive is a nonprofit organization that's devoted to making Kansas City a digital leader. Uh, we think that's the way to pave the way forward to our economic prosperity in the future. Uh, and and make sure the technology makes people's lives better here in the region. You've been working on this project and Casey Digital Drive for now a couple years, two, three years? Yeah, well, this is really our third year anniversary coming up. Third year anniversary. And on that third year anniversary uh, anniversary of celebrating three years of gigabit-powered progress, looking forward to what's next for Kansas City, you guys have a big event uh, next Tuesday, so a few days from today, on August eighteenth, two 2015, at the Grand Street Cafe, Forward to the Future. Tell me about this. Yeah, so, you know, we've we've been working for three years. Uh, we've got a pretty broad network and a lot of people that we work with. But in some ways, we've been a little bit under the radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this digital playbook came out of the, the mayor's bi-state team three years ago. A lot of different activity, a lot of different kind of plays. And we really felt uh, that it was important to go out and make some stuff happen, uh, get some stuff done against those plays. Uh, we feel like we've got a pretty good story to tell now and want to, uh, you know, get more people engaged in that, but also start looking ahead and see what's next. That's important too, when, as as a Kansas City community, because people want to know. You know, we've we've got these ideas, we've done a lot of work, but a lot of people again don't 
know the true story of what's actually happening. So having an event like this will be huge. Um, well, tell me about the event uh, coming up. Jason, do you want to discuss that and, and what we're going to be looking forward to at this event? Yeah, this is, um, this is our chance to report out on some progress that we've made over the past three years. And to do that, rather than have us get up with the PowerPoints, we, we're getting people from the community to tell that story. So the people who are really out there in the trenches doing things, like Ryan Weber of Casey Next, like um, this uh, architect, Dominique Davison, who has developed an app for urban planning that uses gigabit internet uh, to provide a lot of really intelligent uh, decision-making tools to architects. Um, we'll have Joe Fives, who's the IT guy for KCK Public Schools, talking about how they just cannot get enough gigabit bandwidth mm-hmm. to serve their you know one-for-one laptop program. So a lot of local speakers like that will have 10 lightning talks, sort of like mini TED Talks. Um, we'll also have both mayors, Mark Holland, Sly James, will have a couple of national speakers, including Deb Sosha from Next Century Cities and um, Elena Hartness from the MacArthur Foundation in Chicago. So these are people who are going to give a perspective from outside of Kansas City about why it's important to encourage digital innovation and build an entrepreneurial ecosystem and make sure that we're leveraging our technology infrastructure because we kind of need that national perspective on what we're doing um, because – you know, it seems like we're doing really great things, but to have, I mean, I, I sit around with journalists a lot who are always sort of asking, like Penny Pritzker, who came the other the other week, was yeah. being asked, you know, how are we doing? And so we're hoping to give that perspective and the answer to that question at this event. That's what people want to know. They really Absolutely. do. Um, and they want to get the truth, too. So that's great. So, um, Ilya Tabak, how are you involved in this uh, in this event? Uh, I guess I'm a role player in the playbook. Uh, I try to kind of focus a bit of the more technical conversation. So very much like Jason alluded to, you know, bringing an outside perspective and building a little bit of an internal community. Uh, I've been uh, participating with these guys in organizing billion bits. And so a lot of the conversation has been on. So we have gigabit, you know, who's actually going to be exploring some of these technologies and deploying it to test some of these things, as well as like who are some of the interesting people building technology outside of Kansas City. And so we've been going for quite a while now and have brought some speakers like uh, Stephen Wolfram, people working on cloud technologies, um, video conferencing, all kinds of things, and I've really kind of engaged uh, in a conversation around. So as the network changes, we get more computing power, um, these uh, Internet of Things embedded technologies, what can we do with all this stuff from kind of more of a technical perspective? Right. Uh, And so we've had some really interesting conversations and continue to kind of develop that uh, and have brought some interesting tech talent both in Kansas City and around kind of out of the woodwork to join the discussion, which has been kind of interesting to see develop. That's awesome. Um, and, you know, you've, you've done a lot of great things in the entrepreneurial community here too, Elliot, so that's going to be great to have you there. So this is on Tuesday, August 18th, 2015 at the Grand Street Cafe from 5.30 to 7.30. Your admission, which will be $75, includes heavy hors d'oeuvres, beer, and wine. That's nice. It, it is nice. <laughs> you know, it should be good. And, and jazz. We got oh, yeah. the Herman Mahari trio. So – you guys weren't in studio yet, but earlier in the show we had um, Daniel Edwards, who's a entrepreneur who's doing some really cool stuff at with the Jazz Legacy Project. So is I've, he back now? He is. Yes, he's back from his he's trip. back from his world. That's right. Okay. So I, I had never met him, but he uh, he'll be he was on the show earlier. So it's it's pretty cool. So we have a jazz theme now. Look that's, at that. that's, he is doing some cool is, stuff. Is, yeah, jazz, right? <laughs> uh, so you have live jazz. Uh, you're gonna have the trio there. Um, parking is free, and then like you said, you're gonna have ten lightning talks from. Casey's brightest movers and shakers, including the start of Village, um, 
KCK Public Schools, Think Big, KC Library, Connecting for Good, the Digital Sandbox, Economic Development Corporation in KC, Children's Mercy Hospital in KC Next. You're going to have uh, Mike Burke there as well and Ray Daniels, who uh, led the Mayor's by State Innovation Team. Yeah, He started this movement. Um, it's just pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I always wonder when we have people on like yourself, like, what, what, where are we at? So that's important. Can you give us a little preview, maybe, of some of the tidbits that we should be looking for? Yeah, um, you know, I think the the biggest thing is sort of this connection between infrastructure and opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, the infrastructure is not something that people like to talk about, whether it's fiber, whether it's smart city sensors, whether it's all this stuff. People think like, okay, there's this stuff happening. There's a streetcar going in. Uh, but, you know, how how do we really make this make an impact? Right. And and part of that, you know, what gets a lot of plays, entrepreneurship, you know, all the businesses that could be that can be created out of new entrepreneur or new infrastructure is a, is a huge opportunity. But then the flip side of that is, you know, how do we make sure those tools are accessible? How do we bridge the digital divide in the community? And so that is, um, you know, there's another thing that we'll talk about a little bit at this event, which is this coalition for digital inclusion that we've been working on putting together for uh, a couple of years now and is getting ready to, to launch more formally. There's a lot of activity around making sure these tools are, are equitably accessible. Uh, and so we're excited to keep that moving forward as well. A lot of stuff. A lot yeah, of it is. stuff, Aaron. And you've been, you've been managing director of the organization and, We've met uh, when we first met. Was that at Kaufman at One Million Cups? Oh, who knows, man? I don't remember. <laughs> We've had some good times. We've had some good times. So I'm gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to revisit those times. Those are good. But um, anything else, guys? We need to be aware of about the event. You know, I think one thing uh, to, to highlight and it's, that we're really excited about is that we've got a lot of great sponsors, uh, right. and we're really expanding the the pool of people that are invested in this. And people talk a lot about Google Fiber, but you know, a lot of people don't realize that there are four fiber providers now in the area. Um, and we have Time Warner as a sponsor, uh, KC Fiber, which provides uh, free fiber to customers and free gigabit service to customers in North Kansas City uh, as a sponsor. So that's great. Uh, the Kansas City Area uh, Life Sciences Institute uh-huh. is, a, is a major sponsor. And then the Economic Development Corporations on both sides of the state line, uh, KC Mo and KCK, uh, are both really invested and they see this effort as integral to how we we create community development. Uh, and the last one I want to mention is the, the law school at UMKC, mm-hmm. uh, who has gotten really invested in this issue. They've done a lot of work that's under the radar in a lot of different areas, but uh, are really adding a lot of value in the community. For sure, for sure. Well, guys, I appreciate you coming on Grill Nation today. Aaron Deacon, Elliot Tabak, and Jason Harper. KC Digital Drive, the big event, Forward to the Future. It's a civic tech cocktail reception and fundraiser, future raiser, excuse me, uh, Tuesday, August 18th. Grand Street Cafe off the plaza, 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Going to be a lot of great speakers and a lot of uh, looking forward to what's next for Kansas City and celebrating the three years of what you guys have done at KC Digital Drive. Thanks for coming on Grill Nation. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for having me. Good to be back. Thanks for listening to Grill Nation today on 980 a.m. and on talk980am.com. We'll see you again next week. Have a good one, guys. (laughs) 